Ba-boom. Okay, we're both recording. Yay, we're doing it. And we're back. (laughs) And here it is. That that was a message from our sponsors. Yeah, San Juan Coochie coochie Cream or something? I don't know. (laughs) San Juan Seltzers. Oh, yes. Also that. Please send them to me. I'm interested. Uh, I'm available. Yeah, I would love I would love to try that. I'm getting They're so, so sick. I'm getting so sick of the seltzer stuff. I'm just so okay, tired of Bud I, Light. I, I'm so tired of White Claw. I just need something different. Yeah, yeah this I, will, I think this is the answer. Life is hard. I, will, I think Vizzy is really good too. Vizzy Have you is tried good. Vizzy? Pretty legit. There's a certain mm. there's a large you said um, that. beverage company that just came out with seltzers and i tried them and cures 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 i'm was it cures no no oh. it wasn't it was um, i shall not name just say but it they were the worst what are they gonna do sue us i don't for know ten dollars because that's all we have in our name do we have ten dollars <laughs> no we $10? don't I I donated it just now, and it's going to be removed from our bank account because we'll okay, get sued. Okay, well, if Spencer, if Spencer feels like this is inappropriate, but it's Corona, and they were the Oh, worst. I've had those. They're awful. They taste like, they're just awful. They're bad. Well, they either taste like cough syrup or nothing at all, and I'm like. Yep, pretty much. I would like to try Coors, but it seems pointless. I want like a local, that's why San Juan sounds great, because I want something small. Maybe that's what you need to start. It oh, could be your next business venture. Oh, yeah. I think this place has a tap room, even. I don't think it's open right now, but. What if we just yeah, bottle vodka great. in? Um... Oh, that's we already do. Never mind. <laughs> 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 uh, yeah. What if you just took the seltzer portion out and you, it was just. They have pure white claw and it's just gross. Like no flavor. Yeah. I've tried it and it's bad. It's less than good. I don't recommend it. Zero out of ten. Sorry, White Claw. Try harder. We're gonna get sued hard. <laughs> yeah, great. I, I'm looking forward to it. Okay, Cam. Let's get back to talking about fishing. I would like to quickly point out that we have resumed this podcast get together, and Stephanie is in her car. You're in your car. I'm still in my car. You're actively in your car. In the passenger seat of my vehicle outside of Jackson Hot Springs. Here I am hustling, making it work. Honestly, better angle for me than the computer, in my opinion, because I was super shiny. So, Kim, you've been striper fishing. What else is there in in that bay? Like, what's going on? Um, And also, like, are there, like, ponds? Are there... Are there bass? Or is there fresh water? Like what, what else? What are the options? In San what you catching? Yeah, so you can catch, I don't think I've fished in the bay in kind of a while. You can, fe- you, so you can catch halibut, which is kind of cool. Um, I haven't like bottom, one yet. Bottom guys? They are bottom feet. Yep. Mm-hmm. How do you but do that on the fly? I think where you're fishing in the bay, at least at Christie Field and some of these beaches, it's not that deep. I don't know. That's my explanation. I have no idea if that's like scientifically correct. But yeah, people will catch halibut on the fly. I mean, Mm -hmm. what's kind of a bummer is like, I'm totally pro catch and release when it comes to trout. But like, for instance, stripers in the Bay Area, they were actually introduced from the East Coast. I think maybe Mm -hmm. 100, 100, their populations have flourished. They're like not at all endangered. And so I'm not like categorically against keeping one, but it's the San Francisco Bay. So they're like kind of grimy and you probably don't want to eat them. And like, same goes for halibut. Like, delicious to eat but like 
a bottom feeder from the San Francisco Bay is like a little questionable yeah. in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, right. But yeah, there's some other fish too. Um, they're, I don't know, forgetting what else is in there, but yeah, you can catch other stuff too. And then as you go further, you know, up or down the coast too of California, the other things That's as great. well. But I haven't done a ton of that, so. And have you been fishing in Seattle much? Yeah, I've done some. So, um, I mean, there is a ton of water here. Um, there's all of Puget Sound and then countless streams, river, I mean, steelhead, salmon, trout, there's sea run cutthroats in Puget Sound, which apparently are like pretty easy to catch. I'm going to try to do some of that tomorrow, I think. Yeah, it's so Puget Sound, it's totally, it's different from fishing in the San Francisco Bay. You know, that's about a thousand miles away. So. No, it's Puget. Puget. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, tons of fish. Puget Sound is a little tough. It's not, um, like, it's not sandy beaches. It's pretty rocky. A lot of it's private. Um, so without a boat, access is kind of hard. So I think that's been one of my biggest challenges. Like, there are parks and stuff that I've gone to. And, you know, you just never know when you're saltwater fishing. Like, are there not fish here? Am I doing it wrong? Is it the wrong tide? There's so many factors and I haven't really, I have not cracked Puget Sound. I have not caught a fish in it yet. I have caught some trout in little streams and kind of more like mountainous areas of Washington, which has been fun. But yeah, there is a lot of fishing here. I don't think Washington's known as like a great fishery necessarily, but like there's a ton of water and you can definitely catch fish. So so I'm yeah. trying to understand like the geography because I don't so like there's Seattle and Me too. the water <laughs> yeah right so the water that's like right up against Seattle is that like Puget sound is that what mm-hmm. that is or Puget sound it's it sound. is so it's kind of confusing okay. so downtown Seattle is right on Puget sound I think okay. it's actually like a bay that's part of Puget sound but it's salt water okay okay but then like there's sort of this peninsula is probably not totally that right well maybe it is peninsula and then there's lake washington lake union there's some other lakes that are freshwater that technically connect to puget sound through the locks and so like boats can go from the lakes to the sound and vice versa through these locks and that keeps like the salt and freshwater i have not cracked fishing lakes i don't think it's that fun so yeah. I haven't really fished the lakes here. Have you sure. fished lakes um, in, you fished, well, yeah, you fished um, Music Broad. Have you fished other mm-hmm. lakes in Montana? Probably not really. Not really? Okay. Yeah. I would, I mean, I would imagine they're different in that area anyway, but still, wow. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Yeah, but there's some between the sound and then there are just so many river, like we have like the um, Snoqualmie River and all, I mean, they're, there's a lot of water here. There are a lot of rivers. Mm-hmm. There's some steelhead and salmon, which like I definitely don't know how to fish for. But if you get um, kind of to the right areas of some of these rivers, you get more into trout territory. So I've done some of uh-huh. that. At what point do, are you just like, I need a guide for this. Like, I'm, there's no way I can do this by myself. Like, or are you just like, I'm going to try it until I'm tired of trying it. And then I'll try something else. Yeah, I've never actually hired a guide. I want to, and I should, and it's always in my mind. I should do that so that I have an awesome day and catch fish. But yeah, it just hasn't happened yet. 
but if I, when I've just tried it enough times, I've eventually found success. <laughs> so that's my path forward generally is to just keep trying. And of course, like I do a lot of Googling, go to a local fly shop or like call a local fly shop. They're not going to tell you like their best fishing spots, but they'll give you some pointers. Yeah, so that's, absolutely. That's well, kind of like your budget, <laughs> your budget method of figuring things out. Yeah, well, and you can, totally. you can talk to, I mean, so first of all, you can get on like the websites of different fly shops and stuff mm-hmm. and they'll often, you know, have information on what's, what's biting on what yeah. and who. Fishing and report. And, love a good uh, fishing yeah, report. Love that fishing mm-hmm. report. And then, yeah, I mean, sometimes you just gotta hang out at the fly shops enough times and then people start asking, so who are you, you know? Yeah. You can also just, like, bring people a coffee, you know what I mean? Yeah, just bring or like someone a coffee. <laughs> bring someone you know? a coffee and just be like, listen, <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> um, or, you know, Seriously. maybe a, a pastry, a, a patisserie. <laughs> a, pici- uh, a patissier. You know, a, bear, a bear claw. Grab a bear Ooh, claw. Um, I love a good bear claw. But here's the if you go to enough... If you go to these fly shops enough, people will start to see that you have come in a lot of times and they'll ask. Eventually, someone's going to be like, yo, who are you? Why are you? You're into this. So what's up? And then you'll start making connections and hey, maybe you won't even need to pay for a guide one day. Who knows? You guys have both taken me fishing. Like (laughs) you have been my guides. (laughs) That's true. Yeah, that's fine. That's awesome. Can you tell us a little bit about like your first, I want to, I want to hear about your first fish ever. I want to hear, cause we heard a little bit about Danny's first fish. Mm-hmm. I'm just curious about like first fish stories. That's a great topic. It's like your first kiss kind of, it's like never great. It's always like weird and a little just clunky. Tell us about your smushing around with fish. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I think my fish, my first fish was with you, Steph, on the big uh-huh. hole. Um, I think it was maybe three or four summers ago, I want to say. And we had gone out with our friend Andy, who I think was like new fly fisherman at the time, but like definitely yeah. more advanced than I was. And you took us out well, and he just floated gets- for probably like... When he like is interested in a hobby, he goes in like a thousand percent and is so yes. intense about it, which is yes. great. I think he had really like put his mind to learning how to fish. And so he was definitely kind of ahead of where I was, but I think we fished like had a really long, awesome day and just kept going at it. And like, eventually I got one and it was awesome. <laughs> It was really fun. It was just like, it was one of those days that was like hot and we put in an afternoon. We're not, we're not messing around with the morning. We can't, we're not able to no. do that at day frame. It's not going to happen. Uh, so, no. so the night is like our only option. And then, yeah, mm-hmm. I remember it just being like a really, really awesome, fun night. And I remember, I do remember this fish pit or actually, you know what? I, you know what I remember? You caught like a couple of fish on the float and our, my, your first fish ever, like it was, it was so small. It slipped through the net. Cause it yeah. just like wriggled through and, and I didn't get a picture of your first fish and it was so awful. I mean, <laughs> that's so certainly bad. not the only time the fish I've caught has been so small that it's escaped my net. It happens a lot. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think that's 
one of in kind of like going at it on my own to learn how to fly a fish in a lot of respects you kind of take like really small wins for instance like when I first started fishing like I'm out of stream not catching shit but like maybe you see a fish rise and I was like okay well at least I'm in a place fish. like that's <laughs> yes. progress okay. and then maybe like the next trip I get a bite and like don't hook it but at least like the fish is somewhat interested in what I put out with also a win mm -hmm. you know same if you get them on the hook get them essentially in the boat and then they get away from you like also a win so I I'm sure I was thrilled despite not having that fish in my literal hands that's a really good way to go about it it's like so much of fishing is not actually catching the fish you have to be okay with all of these things that aren't catching fish in order to actually like fishing because you're not going to catch fish a lot of the time. Well, and there's, there's a fair bit, I mean, I don't want to say controversy, but people, you know, talk about like, oh, was the boat in, or was the, was the boat, in, was the fish in the boat? Or was it just in the net? Or was it, or did you actually land it X, Y, and Z? And no, you didn't actually catch it because it wasn't here. And to me, it's like, if you managed to set the hook properly and the fish is there and it's at the end of your line and you've done it, you've, I feel like you've, you have succeeded, succeeded you know? Yeah. You've gone through, you've gone through all the right steps. On one of the fish out trips that I did with the Golden Gate Angling and Casting Club. So there's part of the kind of like year round program is that you spend some time in the classroom, like learning knots and stuff like that. But then there are a couple of trips you can go on. And we were um, on the Yuba River in California in kind of the Sierra foothills. And there was this guy and they're called mentors. I think they're people just volunteering their time to basically put up with people who are garbage at fishing and like try to help them. So they're really patient. Um, but he like, he just had this, he was like, Oh, you hooked it. You caught that fish. He's like, I don't like touching them. I'd rather like hook it and then have it get off because I don't want to touch it. I don't want to deal with it. And like, that was yeah. his kind of like way of counting. And yeah, I mean, I've, never really cared about like how many fish I catch, but it's rewarding when you're doing something right to the extent that you like, you have a fish on the fly. Like it's pretty fun, but mm -hmm. they get away from you. So be it. Yeah. And I, I'm going through a phase right now where I can't seem to like set the hook. Like my timing mm -hmm. is off or something, which is weird because I've fished for years. I've caught a ton of fish. And I'm just like going through this cycle and I know eventually I've been out of it. It's just like a weird timing thing. I don't know what's going on with my brain, but I like can't seem to set the hook on any fish, but you know, and that's just like part of my growing process. It's like, I'm too big for my skin and I need to shed it. You know, I need to mess up for well, a long time and, before and I you're, can. You're in your own head. I mean, yeah, exactly. I'm like, there's something, there's like a mental block going on and I'm just like, you know, and that's, and that's kind of the beauty of fishing. It's like, okay, what's going on with you? Like the, you have this thing going on, like you're not able to set the hook. What's happening in your, in your, in your life? Well, yeah. I mean, I was, when I went, went to New Zealand for the first time and started fishing there, I, you know, the, the people that I would fish with would be like, yeah, your casting is great. You're doing a great job with that. But the moment a fish takes your fly you just it's like you can't 
you've never fished before. You don't know. (laughs) Like I just would be like, yep, who, what? I was awful (laughs) at it. And so I got so in my head about it. Like I still, I'm fine anywhere else, but if I'm in New Zealand, I don't, I don't know. I forgot, simply forgot how to set the hook, except for one time when I caught a, a stunning, I've, I've caught several stunning fish there, but man, you get in your own head sometimes. It's crazy. <laughs> Do you have other fishing stories that come to mind, like a weird, like any of your fishing trips that were like particularly odd? I don't, I can't think of anything particularly odd. I mean, I just, I've never been on a bad fishing trip. <laughs> I think I just, I don't know. I love being outside and especially being on the river and I love water. And so it's never, I mean, it don't get me wrong. It can be really frustrating. Like being in Seattle, for instance, like I'll drive to like a park on Puget Sound and it's not that it's like terribly far or anything, but you go to the car and it's, it's sort of similar to San Francisco and that there are all these microclimates. And so you don't totally know what the weather is going to be like. So it'll be like insanely windy or like it's freezing or you just, you know, there are tons of sort of frustrations, but like every single one <laughs> is a learning experience. And yeah, I think I've gotten to learn to just kind of enjoy the ride and there are days when the fish are plentiful and days when they aren't. And I think the sport has really taught me patience. I mean, especially starting out, like knots were really hard for me. And I feel like I would, you know, be sitting on the bank of a river, tying on some dropper that I probably couldn't even cast, you know, (laughs) 15 or 20 minutes tying the flies getting hope you know trying to get the knots right to like do one or two casts and get stuck in a bush and have to start over and just like kind of seeing it all as a learning experience like I think I'm actually really good at tying knots now because I've botched my shit so many times and had to tie so (laughs) many of them so like just seeing it all as like I just I often and it's not that like I'll be out there and like having a crappy day where it's like windy and not fun to be out there it's not like in the moment I'm like god this is amazing but I'll like kind of adjust my attitude to be a little more grateful for the time and the space Mm -hmm. (laughs) to be out fishing well, not, I mean, not when, that's what it takes. You got to mess up a lot. I have like yes. weird in, imposter sim- syndrome with like tying knots. Like when I do it right, I'm like, I don't think I did it right. <laughs> but <laughs> I mean, if it hey. holds, who cares? Yeah, if it True works, that. it works. I, mean, <laughs> I don't know. I'm not, I'm not, that's how I feel about like sloppy casts. Like if you, if you do a sloppy cast and it catches a fish, like, Oh yeah, the right why, and then you're like, "Dang, I feel bad." <laughs> that's why you should do saltwater fishing. You just chuck that thing in there and then start stripping. <laughs> like, just, just, like, I would love to. They probably fun, like yeah. it when you like slap that thing on the water. Anyways, <laughs> like they're just like these little hungry monsters that wanna eat your shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> little hungry monsters. That's great. Kind of like Nicola. Mm-hmm. Very similar. <laughs> Is there anything else you would like to? Do you have, here's a question. Do you have any advice for somebody that is just getting into fly fishing? Yeah, I think you should go for it. I think take a look, you know, there are these different, the way I see it, at least they're kind of these different components of fly fishing. Like there's the casting side, there's fly tying, there's the entomology, there's the actual, like being on a river and fishing. I might be biased because it's the way I started, but like you have to learn to cast so that I think is a good place to start and 
I mean, I would see if there's a club in your area that has some sort of casting lesson. And if not, like YouTube, you can do it on a lawn. You don't need a pond even, like you don't need water to be able to practice casting. Um, Mm -hmm. So I would just say like have some ability, you don't need to be great at it, but have some ability to cast before you're trying to fish on a river um, because you're gonna be so frustrated. But yeah, otherwise just go for it. Like is absorb as much information as you can, but I find that this might be because it's an old white man sport, but people also like to do a lot of talking and hear themselves talk. So like hear what people are saying, but don't take it as dogma, like figure out kind of what works for you. I think try to take in as much as you can, but also pave your own way. So mm-hmm. practice and kind of see what works. And also like find the people you like fishing with. Like yes. I love fishing with you guys. Um, we thanks. love fishing with you. Seriously. Thanks. Uh, but yeah, I've been fishing with people who are really annoying and like don't fish with those people. <laughs> you know, you kind of, ha- I feel like when you're starting out, you have to kind of like take what you can get in terms of, you know, meeting people and people that might serve as mentors, but also like you got to do your own thing too. So totally. Hey, Sometimes you have to leave people behind, honestly. Yes. <laughs> yes. You that's, absolutely that's, do. That's, that's you got to take what you can get and then just mm-hmm. kick them to the and curb. Just say, you know? hey, I'll see you later. I'm going to do this. I gotta go. (laughs) I gotta Um, leave, in fact. Okay, one really quick thing. I feel bad for, I want Kim to have the last word, so I'm so sorry for bringing this up, but I was gonna bring this up earlier. On the casting ponds in San Francisco, don't they have like hoops and stuff that you can cast into? Yeah, they have all sorts of little targets that they can set up. Right, okay, so um, it's very important to learn how to cast. So for anyone who's getting into it, uh, and they're just casting on a lawn, buy some hula hoops and lay that stuff out. And that'll really help with some accuracy stuff and whatever. It's a hot mm-hmm. tip. Totally. So at the casting ponds, they have those hoops, but also just the sides of like, if you picture, I know you guys have seen those, but like other people listening, like picture a pool, but they're markers on the side of the pool every 10 feet. And so you, you really need to be making, you know, 20, 30 foot casts with somewhat accuracy probably before you can go fishing. I mean, that shouldn't be a barrier, but like, you're going to have a tough time if you can't do that. Um, so yeah, just have a sense of the distance that you're casting, which also is fairly easy if you know, you're casting with a nine foot rod, like call it 10 and then you know what 10 feet is. There you go. Yeah. Perfect. Hot tips. Thank you so much for doing this, Kim. This was so fun. Thank you guys. Maybe down the road when we, you know, let's just hope we're going to be more established and better at this Mm -hmm. and more organized and less hungover and a multitude. Less in parking lots (laughs) of hot springs. So many other things. Then we'll have Kim on again. And there's just Hell yeah. things we can talk about. I would love to. Kim, well, thank, thank you. you so much for joining us today. It obviously it's always a treat to talk to you because you're so rational and reasonable, but you're also super fun and interesting and smart and just charming and beautiful and wonderful. Oh, thank <laughs> we're you. lucky. <laughs> we're I'll come so back lucky anytime <laughs> to have you as our friend, our fishing friend and our regular friend. Thank you, Kim. Yeah, thank you thank guys. You, Kim. All right. Have a a good night. You too.